Come on, give God one more big shout, one more big praise. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, I, I want to start us off by, by just hitting a couple familiar scriptures and then get us someplace. I believe that I have the word for you tonight, okay? And, and, and you know, and I, I know it's the holiday season and we're kind of, you know, you know, different people are kind of, if you, if you find a way to make this a holiday message, let me know so tomorrow I can tell them. But uh, uh, I want to start Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and he said, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. I know the plan. How many know God's got some plans for you? Okay. And, and they're not to harm you. God's intention is not, is not to harm you, but, it, but it's to prosper you. It's to help you. He's not trying to put you down. He's trying to lift you up. And, and he said, my plans are uh, to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, to give you hope. And, and to give you a future. Listen, this time of the year, more than any other time, people of hope need to have some hope. Because the people without hope are, pe- are hoping that the people of hope would at least know some hope. Come on. We, you know, God's plan is to give us hope. In Philippians 2.13, it says that God is working in us, giving us the passion, the power, the passion, and and, and the power to, to do, to accomplish, to fulfill his purpose. And, and this is what pleases God, is that we would have this this ability to, to actually accomplish the thing that he's created us for. He's equipped you. He's prepared you. Romans 8.28 says that all things, this is something that we know, we know that all these things work together for our good. So, and I just want you to wrap your brain around this for a minute that, okay, God, God's plan is to give me hope and to give me a future. He's going to, he's going to lead me into a future. The future is, 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 it's not a goal. It it is a result. Okay. So my future is going to be a result. God, God's got this plan that I would experience a certain result and he's working in me, giving me the passion and the desire and the power that I would ha- that I'd have what I need to deal with life so I could get the result that he intended for me to have. And all things in life, all things are going to work together for good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. Okay, so God's working in me and everything that I'm going through, everything that I'm encounter, encountering, even the stuff I don't like, God's going to use it for good. Okay, I said God's going to use it for good. And all these things, and you got to understand something, that all things are vital. Okay, all things are, vi- are they, they are essential. Look at somebody and tell them they are essential. Uh, hey, TJ, I want you guys to help me. And uh, uh, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to work some things out real quick because these guys are going to move like grease lightning. Watch this. This is going to be amazing. We picked the two slow guys to help me out with something fast. Let's go. Okay, here we go. And they, they, they left it over at the courthouse or something. Okay, they'll be back. And uh, uh, all things are going to work together for your good. Look at your neighbor and tell them uh, we're talking everything. Okay, because a lot of us are trying to get some of this stuff and get rid of it, okay? We want to get rid of it. We're going to read a couple of verses while they, while they get out here. Exodus chapter 30, starting at verse 22, and it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, and, and he said, Take unto you principal spices. Everybody say principal. That, you can underline or circle that word. That means essential, essential spices. So you, in other words, every one of these, it's like all things working together for good. These are essential. You can't leave one out and get the result that God wants you to have. And, and then he, he, he not only gives us the ingredients, but then he gives us the measurements. I think this is pretty cool because God, God is pointing out to us that everything matters. The way you handle everything matters. 
Okay, some of the stuff you try not to handle, but you're going to have to learn to handle it because it's essential to what God's going to experience, or the experience that God has for you. And he says, hey, uh, you're going to take this stuff, okay? You're going, to, you're going to take myrrh, 500 shekels, and you're going to take cinnamon, half as much, half as much. Uh, you're going to take uh, uh, sweet calamus, right? That's like half as much. Yeah, what's the next one say? After calamus, we're going to get ourselves into kasha and, 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 and olive oil, a uh, hen a hen, that's a measurement, a hen uh, of olive oil. And then look at verse 25. It says, and you're going to make it a, uh, an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. That's a cool, that's a cool phrase. After the art of the apothecary. That's kind of like the superfluity of naughtiness. It just rolls off of your tongue. Okay, it's really cool. After the art of the apothecary. This is, this is awesome. I almost didn't say it, but it's really good when you can. After the art of the apothecary. If you can learn that statement, you can freak your friends out. What's happening? The art of the apothecary. And they won't have a clue what you're talking about, and you can just get on with life. Okay? And it's important because you're going to take all of these things, and you're going to make it holy. Okay? You're going to make it holy. You're going to make it holy. And I, I need to describe to you the difference between a holy thing and a thing that is accursed. Okay? The difference between a holy thing and a thing that is accursed. How many can remember Achan? Okay, Achan, Achan was one of the dudes that when he got to Jericho, and Jericho was the first city, and, and, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but, but, but check it out. They got to the first city when they were going in. Jericho was city number one. God's the God of the first things, okay? And, and they, they said, hey, everything, everything in Jericho, uh, when we move in there, be careful with how you handle that stuff because that's all God's. Now, now Achan, Achan had a problem. He had been told his whole life that he was going to get cities he didn't build, houses he hadn't erected. He's going to get vineyards he didn't plant, that he's going to be living in a land flowing with milk and honey. When he walked down the streets of Jericho, there's everything that he had ever heard that was promised to him. That was his. It was going to be his. And there it is. It's laying on the ground. And Achan just thought, you know, I'm going to get a jump on stuff. I'm going to pick up some of this stuff. It's the only place in the Bible where the word stuff is used. He took God's stuff and he mixed it up with his stuff. And, and, and he took a thing, and he put it in his things. And the thing that, that was, you know, the reason he wasn't supposed to touch those things is because those things were holy. But he picked up that thing, and he put it in his things. And the minute he put it in his things, the thing that was holy was now accursed. So, so one, one minute, this is holy, and the next minute, now it's accursed. Okay, it's accursed, and now it's holy. So it's not the thing that's holy or the thing that's accursed, but it's how you handle the thing. Okay, so you got to get this. You got to understand this. That it's how you handle things, whether it's going to be holy or whether it's going to be a curse. Okay, so if it's if it's going to bring life, it's how you handle it. It's the, the thing. See, we're asking God to change things, but it's it's not that He needs to change things. He needs to change how we handle things so that things can be beneficial to us instead of detrimental. See, because the same thing that can hurt you can also make you better. But it's not the thing, it's how you handle the thing. The same weight that can throw your back out could make your back stronger. It ain't the weight, it's how you handle the weight. So God has this thing that he wants you to experience. He has this this outcome that he wants you to know and that he wants you to embrace. And and he calls it a future. And and the future, the the future is not a place. It is is not really an event, but it's the outcome. It's a result. Okay, hold that thing up in the air where I can write on it without bending over. Stand still. Okay, so future, and, and these guys are going to, you know, they're, they're going to move around a little bit with this. So here, walk over there so they can see it. This is our moving board. Angle this way. Think of the people. 
not, not just yourself. I think you're a little too far out. Okay. There, there you go. Okay. Okay. So we're going to call everybody say this. Okay. So, so I'll even write that here to help us. I should have brought a marker that actually was, you know, like broad because you people in the back, forget it. But this says this. Okay. This. Let's go show them. See, there's high tech and there's low tech. But the way these guys are operating back there, I'm afraid of the high tech stuff. Okay, so, well, it's not them, it's the tech. Okay, this. I, I, want, you, I want you to understand something. That this, God has this. Okay, let's show the people in the middle again. God, God has this for you. Okay, you're this, man. It's the future. He said, I've got plans to give you a future. I've got plans for you to have an outcome. Uh, there's a result I want you to have. You know, and all through the Bible, we, we, we can see different pictures of the result that God would like us to have. My people, Isaiah 32, 18. My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwell in a quiet resting place. That would be this that God has for you. And, and, and here, here, where we are sometimes, sometimes we are here, and we're looking at this. And, and this seems a long way from here. Okay? You know, I'm going to prosper you. Get her going, right? Because here, don't feel real prosperous. But this is what God has to say. This is what God wants me to, this is the outcome that God wants me to have. So sometimes between here, and I'm looking at this, and and there's a bunch of stuff in here. We're breaking stuff. This is awesome. You loving it? Can we go higher? You guys have muscles. Let's use them. I, yeah, this worked great earlier. It's dead now. Do you, you brought another one? You're like a genius. You're getting a raise. <laughs> that separates me from this. See, in order, in order to experience this, you're going to have to deal with that. Okay? You can't go around that. You've got to include that. Because all things includes that. Okay? All things, all things, that is vital. And, and, and what I need to tap into this this future that God has for me. Man, there's, there's a power that can make this possible. It's called the anointing. I don't believe that you can have this without the anointing. I believe that you can sense it, see it, smell it, but you can't sustain it because what God, what, what God has for you, man, it requires the anointing. And the anointing, j- just so you understand, there's some great characteristics of the anointing. The anointing has the ability to remove burdens and, and, and to destroy yokes. The anointing has the, has the ability to collapse time. 
The anointing, the anointing brings into the, in, into the reality, the realm of reality, things that used to be an impossibility. It's because the power of the anointing is not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And see, when you get all, don't get all weird about the anointing. You know, well, man, you know, uh, I don't mind you, you know, I like hanging out with Christians, but you start talking about this weird stuff and that's weird. Well, what's funny is that you call yourself a Christian, but you're afraid of, of the anointing and the word, you know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Christ is not Jesus's last name. It, 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 Christ is the anointed one and the word Christian means the little anointed ones. So if you are a Christian, you are a little anointed one. You're supposed to be operating under the unction of the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to have the anointing on your life. See, but the enemy don't want you to know that you're anointed. He wants you to think that some preacher someplace might be. He wants you to think that some guy on the TV might be. He wants you to think that, you know, hey, maybe it's a priest. No, I'm here tonight to tell you that the anointing is upon you. Okay? It's all up in you. You got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And it's now quickening your mortal body. And the anointing will do for you what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. It'll change you radically. It'll change you completely. It'll empower you. And you'll have the ability to do what you could not do before. Now you're going to tap into something tonight. See, hell don't want you to get it. Hell doesn't want you to wrap your mind around it. Hell wants you, hell wants you to focus on that. In a negative sense, but God wants you through the eyes of the Spirit to see that that is what it's going to take to get this. And He gives us in Exodus, He gives us, uh, you know, you know, life is a handful, man. Life is a handful. Hold your hand up, look at it. Unless you've had, unless you've had something crazy happen, you know, you you got like five digits on there. Okay, a handful. He gives us five ingredients. For the anointing. Okay, and we're going to talk about it for just a minute. Is that heavy yet? Oh, let's just stand there then. I, I was going to let you sit, but this is not... He's lying. Well, let him hold it. You go sit down. Give these guys a hand. Okay. Yeah. Okay, go back to Exodus 30, 22, and, and the Lord starts speaking, and he says, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk to you. And in verse 23, he says, uh, what you're going to do is you're going you're gonna to take these essential spices. These, in other words, you can't leave one out. You, you cannot leave one out. And, and then he gives, them, he gives them the measurements, and he gives, them, he gives them the ingredients. And the first one is myrrh. Everybody say myrrh. Okay, and, and myrrh, it, it comes from the word mara, and, and it literally means bitterness. Okay, bitterness, and, and here's the deal: is that uh, it, this this was a uh, an oil that, that's uh, it, and it's inside this tree. And, and but what happens is, is that the the moment that that oil is exposed to air, it immediately begins to harden, and and it was also used to deaden uh, this the skin to is like a to, to numb things. Okay, and here's what happens is that if you handle it wrong, see because it's a compound. It's a compound. Remember in verse uh, 25, I think it is, and he says, and you're going you're gonna to have a holy ointment, and it's going to be a compound oil. See, in, in order to get the compound effect, then you have to have a compound. And the word compound, it just simply means all a compound is when you take more than one thing and you blend it, you, you beat it, 
you know, like, like an egg beater. You, you mix it together. You mix it to unity. You mix, you mix it to unity. It's not enough to take a bowl and put a banana and, and an egg and a bag of sugar in the bowl. No, you have, you, have to, you have to blend it to unity so that when you're looking at it, you don't differentiate anymore. Now, now the three or four, or, or in this case, the five things become one thing. And, and, and it represents one thing. And, and, and if you don't handle myrrh correctly, it'll begin to harden. And that's kind of hard to mix in to unity. It's kind of hard to get that to, to, to become one with everything unless you handle it right. And see, here's the deal with bitterness is that if you don't handle it right, you become hardened. And you become numbed. And, and, and you become desensitized to life. And, and, and in relationships, and and, and 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 instead of being a blessing, all of a sudden you, you're creating damage in the lives of others. And it's not what even what they've been through. It's just, it's like it just comes out of your pores. Realize this is a spiritual thing. That it's just it's it's like you've gone through something, and it made you bitter. And and the people that come into contact with you, it's not what they've been through. It's what you've been through. But when they leave your presence, they got a bitter taste in their mouth. Can't, can't quite put my finger on it, but there is something ain't right right there. And it's because you handled bitterness wrong. See, what we'd like to do is say, well, I, I'm not going to, you know, I won't, we don't need any bitterness. But it's essential. Can I just put it down to you this way? You ain't going through life without the opportunity for bitterness. Okay. And let me tell you what happened to me. Because God starts talking to me. He's like, hey, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to impregnate the, the body with future. Man, I, there, there's, there's something that I need you. There's a result. Man, there's a result. And what, what you want in your future, by the way, you want a result. You don't want any more consequences. And, and you want the result of God's presence heavy upon your life. And, and, and God said, you know what, we're, we're going to impregnate the, the, the body with, with future. And I'm going to give you these things so that you can, so that you can get this anointing flowing. Because the future that I want them to experience is going to demand the anointing. And the anointing is going to operate in their lives in ways like it ain't never done before. So what we have to do is we have to, we have, we have to help them deal with bitterness correctly. And this is the first thought that went through my mind. And I'm just being really honest with you. But the first thought that went through my mind was, thank God I don't have to deal with any of that bitterness stuff. And it's as if God laughed at me. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not a bitter guy. And God said, you're an idiot. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. It's hard enough to be honest. What are you talking about, Tom? Do you, do you remember when so-and-so told you what they said? And how you started thinking about what you heard they said? And how it made you feel? Well, well because words turn into thoughts and thoughts turn into emotions. Remember how you started feeling about that? And, and then remember the, remember the action? that you started, you started making a couple of different choices. Your choices changed regarding those people right there. And you started acting differently than you had before. You remember that? And I'm going, uh-uh. And he's like, well, let me remind you give you a living color video and, and show you how that you let these things enter into your life and, 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 it, and you, you become numbed to certain things. You started acting like you didn't care about stuff that you really care about. 
See, and that's what the enemy wants to do is he wants to numb you so that you quit acting like you care about stuff, stuff that you actually care about. How are we going to be moved with compassion if we become hardened? How are we going to be moved with compassion if we become numbed to the condition of those that God's bringing into our realm? How are we going to, how are we going to impact the loss if, if every, well, you know, but every time we do something for the loss and man, you know, you go to give them something and, and you're going to adopt a family and you get there and you find out that they're better off than you are and you get bitter even when you're doing good things. God's like, hey, you gotta have, you're gonna have to handle the, you're gonna have to recognize the bitterness. Remember in John 8 when he said that you're gonna know the truth and the truth's gonna make you free. If you continue in my word, you're gonna know some stuff that you didn't know before and the knowledge of the truth is gonna make you free. And what was their response to Jesus? What are you talking about? We ain't never been slaves. And Jesus points out to them that basically if you can't see your bondage, you're never gonna see your freedom. See, and if you're sitting here tonight and you're going, well, man, I'm just not bitter. I got to tell you something. You're going to have to allow God to open up your eyes a little bit. Because he's telling us that, man, it's it's vital. This is an essential thing that you got to deal with. Because life, life is going to present some things to you. And you're going to have the opportunity for bitterness to move in. And, And Paul said, if you handle bitterness wrong, it'll actually defile many. So you got to get this. You, 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 got, you got to go to God and say, okay, I'm ready to get rid of the bitterness in my life. Why? Because, because I want that anointing. Man, if you want this, this requires the anointing. And if you want this, you're going to have to deal with that. And you can't get away from that. And you can't pretend like that doesn't exist. Because that is an essential ingredient to the compound. And the next thing he said, here's what I want you to do. On top of the bitterness, add some cinnamon. Half as much. Cinnamon represents the sweetness of life. Well, what are you talking about? Sweetness half as much. How come I only get half as much sweetness? And God said, because it just takes a little bit of sweetness to cover a whole lot of bitterness. You, you know, the word cinnamon, it, 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 it's a bark, and, and, but the word means upright. And think of, think of uh, Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing and his way of being, right, be, being righteous. And, and, and it's living an upright life. And, and any time you live an upright, it's just the sweetness of life. i got to tell you something, man. I don't care what it is. You put cinnamon on it, it just got better. Don't you just love cinnamon toast? Man, I love me a piece of cinnamon toast. And, and you know, because you take the white bread... And, and you, you toast it, and then you break out the butter. I mean, some of you guys use margarine. That stuff's killer. Throw that away. Get the margarine. Get the butter out. And, and, and you get the butter, and then you take sugar, and you cake it on there, and then you start putting the, the cinnamon on. And, dude, you're just one step away from heaven. <laughs> and, and what's funny is that if you can't find white bread, wheat will work. Okay. And if you're totally out of butter, margarine will pass. And if you don't have sugar, Splenda works. But nothing replaces cinnamon. He said, you're going to take the cinnamon, half as much, and you're going to begin to blend that in. And then on on top of the cinnamon, what's what's the next one? Calamus. Calamus. Calamus is interesting. It's a rod they use as a measuring stick. When, when, the, when the prophet sent the guy out to measure Jerusalem, he, he took a rod of calamus. But what's crazy about calamus is calamus is like an incense. 
And you could have, we could have calamus in this room right now and you wouldn't know it unless we burnt it. So it don't even count until it's been burnt. You don't even count until you've been burnt. Well, how do I know if I'm handling it right? It's a measuring stick. When you're burnt, you don't shrink. You don't burn back. You don't burn back. It, it's an offering. It's an offering. It's a sweet smell. It's like, okay, I know I've been burnt. Everybody in the room's been burnt. You're going to get burnt at work. You're going to get burnt at home. You're going to get burnt at church. You're going to get burnt by the preacher. You're going to get burnt by church people. You're going to get burnt by family members. You're going to get burnt by coworkers. It's not getting burnt that matters. It's how you handle getting burnt that matters. See, the three Hebrew children were able to go through a fiery furnace, but when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Nehemiah looked at, at walls that had been burnt and tore down, and he said, these stones can be used again. I'm telling you that even though you've been burnt, you can be used again, and you can, you can have life again. And, and, and it's not what's happened to you, but it's, are you going to handle it right? Are you going to handle it right? What was that? Was that Calamus? Kasha's next, right? Kasha. 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 Kasha sucketh. That's in the King James. Kasha means to be torn apart or to have something stripped off. Think of, think of this. Uh, Abraham, God shows up and starts talking to him. And you would think that when God starts talking to you, stuff's going to get good. But God says to Abraham, he said, take your only son. The one you love. And take him up to that hill. Sacrifice him. And, and, and when he said, take the one that you love, what he's saying there is, hey, uh, remember when you were childless? And I gave you a gift? Your affection for the gift has now outgrown your affection for the giver of the gift. And if you want the anointing, I'm going to have to strip that away from you. Because if you want the anointing, it is essential that your affection for me is on top. Now, it's really, really important that you get this. Because God's not saying you can't love people, that you can't love things, that you can't love stuff. You know, I know some of you, some of you Seahawk people. You know, everything you have, your underwear right now has a hawk on it. See, you, here's the deal. Here's the deal, though. That, 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 that it, 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 come here, Sean. Okay, Sean, just hold your hand like this. Okay. So if this is your love for the Seahawks. Come here. She's like, oh. You, you, you want to look the other way? You don't have to look at him. You, hold your hand like he is. No, I said like he is. I can't. Yeah, you can. It just won't be as high. <laughs> so if this is your love for God, and this is your love for whatever, see, you're going to have to figure out a way to elevate this. See, you're going to struggle 
trying to lower this. But if you learn to elevate this, we could get a chair or a box. Yeah. Okay. Now, now here's the problem. Let, let's give you a break. Let's be hard on him. Let's say that your love for football is here. But your love for God is here. Is still getting stripped. If you want the anointing. See, because some of us, our affection for stupid stuff outweighs our affection for God. And God's saying, hey, I'm going to strip away anything that's higher than me in your life. Why? Because the anointing demands it. If you want the power that has the ability to, to, to remove the burden, if you want the power that has the ability to destroy the chain, then you got to put me first. Jeremiah 29, if you continue reading, he, he said, you know what? When you, when you want me more than anything else in your life, when you get serious and, and you're seeking me more than anything else in your life, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. But it's very vital that you understand that when you're seeking, if you want this, if God shows up tonight and he says, hey, do you, do you want this? If he showed you a picture of his plan for you, let me tell you something. You'd say, I want it. I want it. But he's going to tell you, well, well, you know, one of the essential ingredients here is that your affection for me is above all other affections. And, and if you're going to get it, you're going to have to be willing to let me strip away anything that's elevated over that. Because without it, man, you do not get the compound effect. It's, it's like Shelby's sister one year made, she wanted to bless us. And so she made us brownies. And I don't know what she did. It was awesome. I don't know what she did. Sam, I don't know what you put in or what you left out. But she didn't make brownies. She made doorstops. She made these brick things that I kept for years as a sermon illustration. And it was awesome. And then she snuck in one night and stole it away. But the fact is, is that if you leave something out, it changes the effect. And God's telling us that if you want that anointing, all you got to do is elevate that love for him. Or you're going to start losing stuff. See, and, and the last thing, thanks guys, the last thing, he, he said, you know what, I want you to, I want you to take olive oil. You, you, can, you can clap for them, that's awesome, go for it. Okay, so, you know, bitterness is part of life and it's how you handle it, right? And cinnamon, man, those are the good times, but you only need half as many and it's just going to erase that stuff. And then you have to be willing to be burnt, you have to be willing to let it be an offering, you have, you have to be willing to say, you know what, uh, 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 and here's the thing that saved Abraham, is that he told the guys when he was moving out in obedience to God, he told the guys, you know, he's going to go sacrifice his son, but he told everybody else, he said, the lad and I go yonder to worship. And so what everybody else was calling a sacrifice, he called it worship. It was like the, the over 200 people over in, in the last 24 hours that are in here, uh, you know, worshiping God together, getting ready to touch lives. It's not a sacrifice to serve people. It's an act of worship, right? And so, so that's awesome. And, and then he said, you know, we're going to strip some stuff away. But lastly, this fifth ingredient is that you're going to take olive oil itself. And, I, you know, and I, and I got to thinking about that olive oil. And, and being in church my whole life, I've heard hundreds of sermons on, on the oil. And hundreds, but but I, but I learned some stuff this week about the olives and and the olive oil, and I want to share it with you real quick. Number one is that I did not know this. I did not know that when you're going to grow an olive tree, that you don't take a young olive tree and plant it with older olive trees. 
you, you grow olives in, in groves, and you would plant a grove here, and you might wait a while before you planted your next grove. And you let them grow together. And then you plant a grove over here. And, and, and eventually, the tree will begin to produce fruit. And after about five years, see, if you're going to get into the oil thing, you're going to have a long-term vision. Okay? And, and after about five years, the tree begins to produce olives, which are good for nothing. Okay? Nothing. And, and it takes a while. Before, before the olive, I mean, there's, there's some varieties that you might be able to use in food. But if you're going for olive oil, in the 15th year, the olive now is ready to be used for oil. And the process to get the oil, it, there's three processes. That, uh, two of them are presses. One's with heat. So there's a heat press. There's a cold press. And then the final, the final thing is, uh, is that they take sticks... And they'd beat the olive. And the purest oil would come out. When they would beat it. And, and the oil, when, when they would beat it, when they'd beat it with a stick, the beaten, the beaten olive would produce an oil that could be used for lamps. And if you're willing, see, to allow God to put you through the press. If you're willing to say, okay, God, I don't want any imperfections left in me. I don't care if it's a hot press. Lord, I don't care if it's the cold press. You can, you can get a stick out and beat me because I need the illumination so that I can see clearly. If you want the anointing, it takes a level of maturity to get to this place. This doesn't just happen overnight. Man, I'm telling you, you gotta, you gotta have, there's a level of maturity that's required that says, okay, God, I'll deal with the bitterness correctly. I, I, I appreciate the sweetness of life. I'm not going to praise you when the battle's over. But right in the middle of the battle, I'll begin to praise you. The, the, right in the heat of this thing, I'll just begin to shine for you. Yeah, I'm going to let you beat the shine out of me. I'm going to let you beat the revelation out of me. I'm going to let you do whatever it takes. Why? Because I'm coming after this anointing. I'm coming after this anointing. Because the yoke that's going to be removed and the, and, and the bondage that's going to be destroyed... Man, I'm going to tell you something. That's not just my life. That's these hundreds of people that God's going to bring through here. Because your life and my life, they're going to be the fruit. And the anointing that's on you, man, you got to stir this up. You, you, you got to stir this anointing up. You got to realize that, you know what? God, I want your will in my life. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the message is really good. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your life, your, your everyday life, your ordinary life, to sleep and eat and going to work, walking around life. Place that before God as an offering. Because when you embrace what God's doing, that's the best thing you can do for him. Look at verse 2. It, it says, don't become so well-adjusted to this culture that you fit in without even thinking. Don't just fit into this culture. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Now, you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and respond quickly to that. Man, don't hesitate. Unlike the culture around you, which is dragging us down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And God's wanting to grow us. God's wanting to develop us. God's wanting to change us. He's wanting his anointing to flow through us. God's wanting to position us in a place where we experience the result of his presence in our life. And I'm telling you, it's going to change things. 
It's going to be a blessing to you. It's going to be a strength to you. It's going to produce hope when there shouldn't be any hope. Doggone it. You're not going to be able to separate yourself from hope. You're going you're gonna to face situations that should overwhelm you. And for some reason, something on the inside is going gonna, gonna to rise up and just growl at the devil. It's like something on, uh, uh, that you just can't control. It's the anointing. Man, I'm telling you, you need the anointing in your home. You're going to raise godly children? You better press for the anointing. You're going to have a godly marriage? You better press for the anointing. You're going to run a godly business? You better press for that anointing. You want to make it to the place where this is located? Then you better handle that correctly. And quit trying to get away from that. And quit trying to ask God to remove that. And quit asking people to help you with that. Because he said, here's the deal. Is that you're going to do this according to the art of the apothecary. God life is an art. Man, it ain't going to a service every now and then and putting a dollar in the bucket. It's not a bumper sticker or a t-shirt. No, man, there's something that says I'm willing to be pressed. I'm willing to be changed. God, if there's something in my life that, that, that my affection has grown higher towards that than it is of you, take it. Strip it off of me. Strip it off of me. I'm tired of pretending like I don't have bitterness. I want to be whole. I want to be true. I want to be pure. And if we'll get to that place, dude, it's Katie bar the door. This city ain't got a chance. Your lost family members, men that come to Jesus, I'm telling you, you and your house shall be saved. That's the power of that anointing. There are challenges that you're dealing with right now. You can't do it on your own. You don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. You can't please everybody. You don't have what it takes. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You're not powerful enough. You're not rich enough. But the anointing. Man, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't level the field. It gives you the advantage. It positions you with, with, with the power of God operating in your life in such a manner that there aren't enough devils in hell to stop you from reaching this that God has for you. See, one of the cool things about this is that no matter where you're seated, God would like to put this in your, in your hand. He, he wants you to embrace it. He wants you to own it. He wants you to experience it. And I'm here tonight to tell you that that, 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 that he's already birthed in you. <laughs> See, a lot of us, well, how do I get it? You already got it. You've got it. We just got to blend it to unity. We just got to blend it to unity. We, we just got to surrender. We got to embrace it. You can't, can't isolate these things. Can't take that bitter thing and put it over there. Can't take that thing, you know, that, man, that I, I didn't think I could live without it. And it's gone and now I'm wounded. No, I'm whole. Because all things work together for good. God, all things. Just want you to close your eyes and bow your head for just a minute. We're going to pray together. Some of you guys in this room right now, man, I'm telling you that what God has for you, the anointing that God wants to release in you, that he wants to produce through you, that he wants to demonstrate in your life, man, it's going to take a moment of honesty. Some of you guys, you've been hiding some bitterness. You've been 
you've been trying to, to act like it's not a part. God wants to bring healing to you. He wants to bring restoration to you. And if you're, if you're in this room right now and you say, you know what? Man, I, I know that there's areas of my life that God would love to see me free from, and I would love to allow him to do that tonight. Right where you are, I just want you to stand to your feet. I'm not going to call you forward tonight, but we're going to pray together. We're believing God for some healing, man. We're believing God for some deliverance in this place. Maybe you've been burnt and you've never really gotten over it. Why don't you just stand up and let God begin to move in your life right now? Just lift up holy hands without wrath, without doubting right where you are. Maybe you've been burnt. Maybe, maybe something's been stripped away and the pain has been so great that, that, that you've just struggled with dealing with it. And God, tonight... Tonight, Lord, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. We thank you for the power of the anointing, the power that has the ability to remove burdens and destroy yokes. And I just declare right now in the mighty name of Jesus that every chain of bondage is broken right now off the lives of your people. As healing begins to flow in this building and through each and every individual in this place. God, I thank you that bitterness is going to be handled right. God, I thank you that bitterness is losing its control as we gain control over the bitterness of life. God, I thank you that right now, that areas in our life where we've been burnt, that we're, we're sensing now, God, that it's just an offering. And we just say, thank you, God. In the heat of the fire, we praise you. God, you, we're not asking you to turn the fire off. No, right now, we're just releasing it to you. And we're thanking you that all things are working together for our good because we've been called according to your purpose. Lord, we're going through the press. We're going through the press. But God, we're not turning back. We're going through the press. We're not caving in. God, we're not caving in. We want every imperfection removed. All the impurities gone. Lord, we just thank you that together that these things, this compound effect, it's going to bring liberty. It's going to bring healing. It's going to bring freedom. And we receive it tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And I want you just to begin to praise him like the anointing deserves. And just begin to thank God for the anointing in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, somebody. Hallelujah. Just begin to shout it. I'm free. I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep your hands lifted high for just a minute. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We magnify your name. We magnify your name. And I'm telling you, I can sense the presence of God in this room right now. There's physical healings taking place right now. There's relational healing and revival taking place right now. God, I thank you that your hand is not too short that it cannot reach and your ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. God, you've heard the heart cry of, of your children and that you, your desire is, is not to withhold any good thing. But Lord, that you, you, you want, you want us, you want us to have more life than death and more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. God, right now, as your people, we just, we just open up now and we begin to receive it in a fashion, not just for us. God, not just for us. We, we want to carry this to the streets. We want our homes to be revolutionized by the presence of the Most High God. 
God, there's, there's people in the room right now and they struggle with things. And God, uh, th- there's habits that they haven't been able to break through. Thank you, Jesus. There's habits that you haven't been able to break through. Listen to me. There's a habit you haven't been able to break through. And it keeps dragging you down. It keeps breaking you down. And the enemy keeps telling you and reminding you what a loser you are. And I'm here tonight to tell you, if you want, you can tap into an anointing that will give you the power to stomp on that thing. Get it under your feet once and for all. That right now, you don't have to carry that thing anymore. Because the anointing of God is in this room. And it's upon your life right now. And if that's you, just begin to thank God. Just begin to thank God. I've got victory, God. God, I thank you that, that I have power over all the works of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm me. God, I thank you for that anointing. I thank you for it operating in me. I thank you for it operating upon me and through me, for me, by me. God, I thank you that I'm not just going to get freedom for myself. But I'm going to carry the keys. And I'm going to be able to unlock the chains for others. God, I praise you tonight that you're doing a work in me that's bigger than me. God, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Lord, I'm not satisfied that the fact that you've saved me. We want salvation flowing in the streets. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, there's just something about the presence of God right here. You, I don't know. You might be sitting or standing there thinking, I, I don't feel nothing. Why don't, you, why don't you press in just a little bit? Let's take just a minute. Just press in just for a second. Just press in just for a minute. Matter of fact, let's get the guys back up here real quick. Let's press in for just a minute. I know it's 716. It's really late on a Saturday night in Kennewick. There's nothing else to do. Okay, this is it. And, and, and let's, take, let's just take four or five minutes and let's press in here for just a second. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if, if, if you pushed yourself past that pain threshold, that, that past that, that, that level of comfort. You know, cause really, really what prevents you, really all that prevents you from experiencing, uh, a, 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 just a different level of the power of God in your life is the intimidation factor, you know, because you, you kind of bump up against something a time or two and, 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 and you, and you, and you draw back and see, and, and that's, that's, that's kind of what happens with, you know, with, with bitterness or with getting burnt or, or with having something stripped away. And it's like, man, I've been there and I, I didn't like that. And I'm going to, I'm going to wait over here for a minute, but I, I want to challenge you just right where you are, just right where you are. Take a second and, and, and let, let's just turn this into, in, into a house of prayer for a minute. Okay. And you singers will need to come also. I'm sorry I didn't give you the engraved invitation. Uh, come up here and, and let's, let's hit that, you know, the Holy Spirit. And just, you know, it, just to make yourself more comfortable, close your eyes so nobody can see you. Because, you know, when you were a kid, you'd close your eyes and sneak all through the house at Christmas time. And nobody, could, nobody, nobody even knew you were there. And, and let's just, let's just pu- push... Push yourself out of your comfort zone just for a second. Just worship Him. Just let that anointing, just just bathe yourself in that anointing.
Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. in your car think, think what it'd be like you know it, in, in your secret place where you set a time and a place Holy Spirit I'd like to meet up with you today okay I, I just I just need a couple minutes of your time see all, th- all through the Bible they would minister to the Lord most of the time we're coming to get something from God 
If you just take a just take a moment every now and then and just say, okay, God, I'm gonna I'll, I just want to minister to you. I I'll, I want to minister to you, and I'm just gonna declare your goodness. God, I just thank you today that you're that, that, that you are above everything else in my life. God, I thank you today that there ain't nothing gonna happen that's gonna blow your mind. You are equipped and ready and prepared. And I thank you, God, that your strength is my strength. And because you're in me, you know, greater is he that's in me than he who is in the world. And I just praise your name today, God, that I can't be taken down. Oh, it's your goodness. It's your presence. It's your glory, God. My God. Well, you know, I, I just don't want anybody thinking I'm weird or anything. Too stinking late. Man, we got cameras in here. They know you're here. Don't worry about that. Just realize something. Here's the, here's the crazy thing. Is that there's people who are waiting for somebody who knows God to live like it. Man, we just need somebody to live like it. You know, Stephen and I were at a restaurant. We were with a, with another believer. And, and he started talking about, he was nervous, and he said, you know, I just need to share this because, you know, I'm, I'm a little freaked out because, you know, I got to go up and we got to get in the car and we got to go to Seattle and we got to, because we got to run some tests because this thing's going on in my body and, and this is a pretty major deal, man. This, I mean, you, don't, you guys need to understand this. This is a really a major, major deal. It's not supposed to happen to guys like me. It's not supposed to happen to people my age. It's not supposed to be like this. And, and just something, something, you know, in that moment, I, I just said, well, wouldn't you rather be healed? Well, of course I would, but I said, dude, there ain't no buts about it. And you don't know the God I serve. You, you know what's weird? And, and please, you know, okay, now, now you got to handle bitterness right. Don't get upset. Don't leave the anti-bitterness meeting filled with bitterness. You know what's weird is that, you know, the doctor given him a name for what was happening to his heart and he had studied it he got on the internet he knew more stuff about it than most doctors do and he you know he knew all the names and how to pronounce them and spell them and he knew the side effects of the drugs that were going to take and i mean he studied it and he spent quite a bit of time investigating this thing that was intruding in, in, in his physical wellness and the thought that rose up in me is why won't we spend just that effort getting in that word that has the ability to destroy that thing that's trying to destroy you. See, you're connected to a real living God, the, the creator of the universe, who knows stuff that you couldn't possibly know, who wants to reveal things to you that you have never even dreamed of. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond anything that you could ever ask or think according to the power that's working in you. And, and he's got this. This thing ain't got you. He's got. He's got you. Okay. And, and just take. Just just take the challenge. Just a few moments during the week, man. Just a few moments during the week. Kind of get to know God a little bit. Get to know God. You know. Start. Start. Just thinking. Just. Just. Just consider. Maybe. Maybe. You know. When we. When we start the new year. Maybe. Maybe I should go for. Instead of believing for a historical repeat. You know, I don't need a historical past. I like a prophetic future. 
So I, I like to get something that I ain't never touched before. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live a little different than I've ever lived before. I'm going to believe a little bit more. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into this thing a little bit more than ever before. And just, and just consider, maybe, maybe, you know, when we start the year and we start fasting, maybe I'll actually do that. You know, this fasting thing, can I just tell you, this? fasting does not change God. It don't move God. God ain't moving. It changes you. And sometimes it's just, man, what am I going to do, man? What am I going to do? How am I going to get, how am I going to, how am I going to position myself so I'm in a different spot? You know, because my circumstances, all that, the word circumstances, the circle you stand in. If you'd like to change your circumstance, stand in a different circle. Okay, just take a step, break that border, and experience life from a new circumstance. Get in the circles. Get Stand in the circle where I believe God. I'm going to know God like I ain't never known God before. I'm going to know the power of God like I ain't never known the power of God before. There's all kinds of people who will tell me I'm crazy. But when I'm winning, when I'm demonstrating Satan's defeat, when I'm living a life that's a humiliation to hell, then we'll discuss it. First, I got to get out of the circle I'm standing in, which is fear, intimidation, doubt, and unbelief. And I'm going to break that. I'm going to break that border, and I'm going to begin to praise God not after the fire, in the fire. I'm, I'm going to begin to celebrate God not after the battle, but in the heat of the battle. Uh, my voice is going to project his praise in every situation, in every circumstance, in every opportunity. And, and I'm going to live knowing the presence of God. See, uh, trust me, I'm starting to get fired up. I can go again. Let me just say this to you. Let me just say this to you. God inhabits the praises of his people. He's not attracted to the whining of the hurting. God, well, God, you know, God cares about these things. Listen, let's not debate. We know God cares. But hurts, God responds to faith. You got to get this. Man, God's heart is for you. But the power, see, these ingredients are essential he said, you will make it holy. Well, wait a minute, God, you make it holy. No. You make it holy. The fire you're in, make it holy. The burning process, make it holy. It's getting stripped, make it holy. Hello, somebody. Man, they're against me. Make it a holy make it you make it holy you declare you declare this is a holy thing this ain't a curse on my life this is not a curse i'm not going to handle it like a curse i'm going to handle it like it's holy why because that's god don't hang out with the curse stuff i want i want the power of god i want the presence of god so let me just tell you a little something something about what's going on in my life good things good things good things good things good things. Well, wait a minute. I, I have some bad things. Change the name. Just change the name. No, it, see, it's either holy or accursed. No, it ain't cursed. That's not a curse. Why? Because you can't curse what God has blessed. Okay? I'm not living under a curse. I've been freed from 
I'm free from the curse. All things are working together for good. All things are working together for good. Why? Because I love God and I am the called according to his purpose. I said I am the called according to his purpose. All, all things. Come on, give him one more victory shout. Give him one more pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Somebody shout victory. Give five people a high five. Tell them I'm walking in victory now. Be blessed, guys. We're loving you.